we are going to talk about advisor compensation, something everybody asks about. I think every client I have ever worked with has asked the question, how do you get paid? (laughs) So um, something interesting happened uh, probably about two weeks ago from the date of this recording. I posted on Instagram about uh, life insurance being a, an equivalent to a super bond and was breaking down the similarities. Right. And most of the, most of the comments and inquiries that we got were very interested and in saying, we'd like to learn more. I'd like to understand this better, kind of dig into some of the content, but right. there was one post that really kind of got me. Um, and it was someone who posted, uh, let's talk about your cut with a laughing face. And I'll be honest with you. At first, I thought they were saying something about my haircut. (laughs) Only Mm -hmm. after I spent a minute kind of thinking about it, did I realize that it was actually kind of a dig on the compensation side of things. And so that prompted us to have a conversation. And I, I think that, um, I think it's very important as a consumer that you understand how your advisor is being compensated. And so we're going to take a look today at how does compensation work on the insurance side of things and how does compensation work on the investment side of things. And then we'll go through kind of a range of payouts, um, both for managed money and for the insurance. So um, I think it'd be great to start on the investment side of things. Um, But before we jump in, I think that part of why we want to have this conversation is that frequently there are arguments, whether it's from an insurance professional or an investment professional, slamming the way the other side is being compensated. And regardless of whether you agree or disagree, I think transparency into that is what will allow you to make good decisions about um, whether you feel comfortable, even with the advice that an advisor is giving. And then I have one more aside, and then I'll zip it and let you talk for a minute. (laughs) I think, uh, yeah, yeah, we all believe that when, I don't know, probably not going to happen. Um, but I think it's really key here to make sure that you feel like your advisor is giving you good objective advice, regardless of how they're being regulated or paid, because ultimately you either have an ethical educated advisor or you don't regardless of the compensation model. Yeah, that's a fair point. But I, I think your your other point was actually good as well of uh, what was your dad's favorite quote? When you know the answer, when you know what's going on, when you know the facts. Oh yeah, when you know the facts, you'll know what to do. Right, and and I think having the that transparency and at least at least just understanding the model, uh, it may not change any of your decisions, but it just gives you an insight and in sort of kind of how it shakes out, what it looks like. So right. Yeah, I think that's um, I think that's perfect. Why don't you said, why don't we start on the investment side? Because I think that's sort of what everybody's most used to seeing. And so we can kind of give the, the breakdown on what that looks like. And we're going to make the assumption that we've got about a 30-year time span as far as sort of working with an advisor. And for simple math, we're putting 10 grand into an account uh, every year for the next 30 years right. uh, on, on that side of it. And what we're going to make the assumption is, is that each and every year you're getting about 6% in growth. Now that's not promissory. That's not a guarantee. I have no magic carpet ride to go sell you or oceanfront property in Arizona, but you know, this is for the model and for, for the purposes of, of playing that out. And so 10 grand going in and 6% growth. 
And what we normally see is sort of the advisor side of it, or sort of the, the advisor load is, is about a 1% load. Is that, that been consistent with what you've seen as well? Yeah, I mean, definitely there's circumstances now where robo advisors might be less expensive or an index fund might be less expensive. But keep in mind what we're talking about today is specifically managed money. And the right. purpose of managed money in a portfolio is to attempt to smooth out some of the ups and downs. Um, and this becomes especially important the closer you get to retirement, where predictable, predictability actually becomes more important than yield when you start looking at outcomes. Um, and so this is just kind of a, a look at a traditionally managed uh, portfolio, you know, 1% load. And then we're going to talk about that 1% fee that's being charged. We're going to talk about how much of that is actually going to the advisor under different models, just so you get a feel for the range. Right. So in the first year, 10 grand goes in, we grow by about $600 or 6% on, on 10 grand. And so the advisor's portion of it, or that, that load at 1% would be $106 at a gross level, just to kind of give you a, a sense of the math. And so in those first few years, uh, I would argue that the investment advisors are underpaid for the work they're doing, because there's a lot of activity in the beginning there. Uh, but then every year as the account grows, you're getting one, you're getting what's called a trail, you're getting a, a basically a 1% trail on the value of the account. So every year that you put money in and every year that the market is, is growing, the, the fee that comes out of that account is stays the same percentage, but it's on a larger balance. And so if we scroll all the way down to 30 years, just to make the math easy, by the time you get down to year 30, 10 grand a year, 6% a year for 30 years, the account should be roughly $838,000 in size, uh, just to kind of give you a sense of it. So the cumulative fees that would have come out of the account over that last 30 years uh, in our scenario is about $95,000. So the 106 from the first year, the 324 in the next year, all the way down, all the way added up is about 95 grand. And that's at a gross level. That's right. That's the fees coming out. Right. And then if you were to go into retirement at that point, all of those fees continue for as long as the account is in existence. But I think this snapshot of 30 years is really helpful because the hope is when you're choosing an advisor, that you're choosing somebody that you can grow and stay with for a prolonged period of time. Right. I don't think anybody uh, likes the idea of advisor hopping the way you might job hop. It just creates a lot of disruption and uh, frequently can be expensive to make those changes just because of tax consequences and all that kind of stuff. Right. Right. Um, so that's a pretty big number, right? One yeah. client over the life of the client um, in this particular situation is worth almost $100,000 during someone's kind of working career if they grow right. with you, right? right. And, I, and I think, you know, when you start looking even a step beyond this, Eric, will you talk a little bit about um, how advisors get paid on the back end? Because the advisor is generally not the only player in this situation. Even if you were working with someone who owned their own RIA and they were managing everything internally, they're still going to have overhead and expenses and that sort of thing. Um, and then if you're working with an advisor that works at a wirehouse or a, a traditional um, RIA where someone else is kind of doing the management, then that company is going to take a piece of that. And what flows through the advisor varies um, right. depending on where they work. And so what are, what are kind of the ranges that you typically see? 
across yeah. the industry. Yeah. And it, and a lot of it depends on not just where you're coming from, but also to some extent, your success as an advisor. Sometimes as, as you become more successful and have, have managed a larger and larger book of assets, uh, sometimes the portion of, of the assets that you get or the portion of the fee that you get can go up. And so from a standpoint of what the advisor actually gets to keep of that 95 uh, 95,000, it can range anywhere from half of it to about 75%. So mm -hmm. in, our, in our earlier example, where the first year's fee were was $100 or 106, the advisor might get anywhere between, you know, basically $50 and $75 of that, of that 100. And well, and definitely, and definitely for some of the, the bigger name firms out there, um, a lot of times we see payout rates starting at 35 basis points. So that's 0.35%. So not even the $50 out of the hundred. Um, and I think some of what happens here is shops where you own your own book and you don't receive a salary typically have higher payout rates than right. shops where you're receiving a salary, even though that salary is made up of the assets that you've brought in or brought over or that you're doing the work for. Um, and then there are also some firms that won't pay you if the account balance is below 250,000. And right. so, you know, all of this is kind of subjective for where they are, but generally I think it's safe to assume that if you're working with like a big company name, that your advisor is probably getting paid less on uh, the account than if they're working with a more boutique shop. Um, just because the resources sometimes are different in terms of overhead, right? If I'm paying a bunch of people salaries, then I can't pay them as much because some of them aren't going to do their job as well. Whereas if I have a bunch of people who are building their own businesses, I can afford to pay them more because they're running their own book they're as if it is own overhead, right? Right. As their business, right? So right. more of it gets passed through. So it doesn't necessarily mean anything about the quality of the management. Right, um, no, just so, the the back office structure. Yeah, and the business model. So that ninety five k, really the net to the advisor is somewhere between forty forty seven thousand and seventy one thousand over that that time frame, and the rest of it would go to, uh, you know, the the house, so to speak, for compliance and management and and all the due stuff diligence. that they do. Right, due diligence, right. all the good stuff that they do. Supervisory work. Right. Um, okay, so let's uh, let's jump over to what's happening on the insurance side of things right. now for the same $10,000 going in. So um, definitely the way a lot of agents in the industry sell life insurance, the full 10,000 could be a mandatory payment every year for the next right. 30 years. And the compensation levels would be higher than what we're going to talk about if you did this. The way our firm would look at structuring something like that, if $10,000 was going in, somewhere between $3,000 and $5,000 of that is probably ongoing premium. And then the remainder is going to be additional dollars that are going in, but those are optional. And what happens when you have those optional dollars going in is that the compensation is different. And so I'm going to go through kind of a, a typical contract Every company is a little bit different, and then there are multiple types of contracts, which we can get into later. But in general, the upfront compensation um, is going to be anywhere from 55 to 90%, depending on the volume of business that um, an advisor or an agent is doing. 
Um, and then if you look at what that is in terms of the $10,000 going in, if we split that so that 5,000 of that is going to premium and then 5,000 is essentially overpaying the insurance contract, then the compensation is based off of the base premium, which is $5,000. So um, for an advisor or an agent who is maybe not all that productive, doesn't do a high volume of business, that compensation could be for the $10,000 deposit. On the first 5,000 of it, the compensation could be anywhere from 2750 to 4500 And then on the second 5,000, which is the overpayment, the extra cash going in, the payout rates for that are typically about two and a half percent. So in this case, that would be $125. So if you look at what happens in the first year of the contract, right, you're, you're looking at that 2750 plus 125, or you're looking at the 4500 plus 125, depending on the overall volume that that particular agent is doing. And so you may look at that and compare that to the $100 that the investment advisor is getting. And right, right there is where most people stop their analysis and they say, oh my gosh, insurance people are overcompensated. And in some cases, that's probably true, right? But when you start looking at what's really happening on the trail, a lot of companies will do anywhere from a 5% to a 10% trail on the deposit being made to the base premium. So it's not a trail on the whole amount, the way it was the whole balance, right? The way it was on the right. investment side, it's just on that $5,000 of premium. So if you look at that over the next nine years, because a lot of the contracts we look at has a, like a total of 10 year payout, the compensation the first year and then residual for the next nine. If you're on the low end of that residual at a 5% payout rate, that's an additional 2250 that comes in over the next nine years, right? So a piece at a time. And then if you're at the high end of that payout and you're at a 10% payout rate, it ends up being another $4,500 over that next nine year time period, right? And then the extra 5,000 that you're putting in for the overpayment each year, every year, that's a two and a half percent compensation going to the advisor. So just $125 a year. Well, if I multiply that by the same 30 year time period, that's going to be about $3,750. And so if I look at the low end compensation over that 30 year time period of working with a client, it's $8,750. And if I look at the high end side of that compensation for that same client, it's $12,750. And so when you look at the difference, the investment side is being paid much less upfront, but over the life of uh, the relationship with the client, they're paid substantially more, right? We're talking $47,000 to $71,000 versus on the insurance side. Yes, there's more of it on the front end, but over the life of the client, it's substantially less ranging from $8,750 to $12,750. And so I think it's important, like anything else, to do the full deep dive analysis because frequently people do that first level of analysis and then they stop. And when you start peeling back the layers, the onion and going a little bit deeper, sometimes what you see is very different, right? And so yeah, and so, if I start looking at um, some of the compensation, the importance is that you have a blend between investments and insurance. Right. And then if you understand what that means to your advisor, 
you really hope that your advisor is going to stay in business for a long period of time so they can continue helping you, right? right? This is a nice kind of blend from a business model perspective because they have ongoing revenue for managing the investments, right? And they have, you know, the other revenue that's coming from the insurance side as well. But I think it's important to know that an advisor who is pursuing this kind of diversified strategy where you're looking at both of these pieces is actually minimizing compensation over the duration of their relationship with you as a client. And right. I think that's a surprise to a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, the, the joke you made at the beginning, I thought was really brilliant is that, you know, unemployed advisors give really lousy advice, <laughs> Yeah. you know, and so, you know, I think that's, that's the, the volume of it is, is trying to blend that, that out and make sure that it's the, the compensation is good enough that you can stay in the business, but not so high that the client can't stay in the business either. Right. And, and finding that, finding that nice balance, which is really good. It should be a symbiotic relationship. You want to make sure right. that your advisor is compensated for making a material difference in what you get to spend over your lifetime. And what I think is really unique to this is that if you look at um, kind of outputs, when you add in insurance and how that changes the distribution, if you right. look at an investment only scenario versus investment with insurance, where all of the assumptions about taxes and rate of return are the same. In most scenarios, you can frequently see possible increases that range from 30 to 70% more income every year of retirement. And so if you look at the fact that over your lifetime of working with an advisor, they're decreasing their compensation and that changes so that you're increasing yours, that's the way things should work. And I think that right. kind of transparency is really key. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes it fun. And I never, I never take those questions personally, and I'm happy to walk through that math. And it's, uh, I think sometimes that's shock, almost shocking to the client. Like, what do you mean? There's no like smoke and mirrors here. I'm like, no, I don't care. <laughs> no. I'll show you my paycheck if you want. Like, I don't, you know. Yeah. I, I, I mean, ultimately when it comes down to it, you should be able to see very clearly how much your advisor is making in the first year and over the relationship with you. Right. And you should look at that and think, hell yes, this is worth every penny. And if you don't feel that way, something is wrong with your plan, right? right. And so to me, uh, the more knowledge you have, the more power it gives you. Eric, do you have anything you want to add to no, that? I think that was great. Okay. So if you're looking for me, you can find me at The Wealth Woman, Facebook, Instagram, um, and LinkedIn. Where can they find you? Economics with Eric on Instagram and Facebook. And then I'm just Eric Alexander on LinkedIn. Awesome. And if you guys are looking for our websites, um, you can find me at wealthwoman.com. And uh, Eric and I are both advisors at Benchmark Income Group. And you can find that website at benchmarkincome.com. Thanks, thanks for listening. Have a great week.